Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Pod. We are back for season two, presented by the good folks at DraftKings Sportsbook. I'm your host, Andre Simone, joined by my guy here, Justin Michael. We've got producer Kale behind the desk and mic'd up, he promises us. He's got takes, I know, and plenty of stuff to tell us about our rankings. We're doing things a little different this year, Justin. It's all about our listeners, all about our people. So during the season, we're really going to center that around your questions, our members' Discord. Have some fun with it because at the end of the day, fantasy is about having fun. But it's the preseason. It's late August. It's that time where drafts start, and we got to get you ready for that draft. J. Mike and I, we've got rankings for you. We haven't looked at each other's rankings. I'm told by producer Kale we should have quite a bit of debate here. Um, so yeah, we are on differing sides of the aisle here. Our rankings are all over the place. Uh, What more could you ask for? What more could you ask for? Three fresh perspectives and, uh, yeah, you can troll us, celebrate us the entire year. We'll be happy to, to answer your questions, eat crow, the whole, the, the whole gamut on the football world, fantasy football, I should specify world. Justin, how are you doing, my man? I'm doing good, man. I'm I'm just mm-hmm. feeling excited. Football is in the air. It's crazy. It's about that time of year where they start playing old games mm-hmm. on college football channels and the NFL Network and Sky. stuff like that. Been watching some classic playoff matchups, a couple of classic college football playoff games, and just kind of getting in that zone. And you know, nothing nothing gets me in the football zone quite like fantasy football. That's true. It's it's amazing. Like, have you ever thought back just? how many hours in your life you've spent thinking about fantasy football because it would probably be a little bit concerning. Um, no, <laughs> I haven't. <clears throat> so much of my career is tied to uh, having spent kajillions of hours thinking all this stuff through. Yeah, you're right, though, if I saw it on a... But it's time well spent, then. It's, it is time well. That's yeah. what I think. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's, the, it's the other thing. It's the lack of knowledge in other fields that concerns <laughs> me. If I ever let my mind go there, where it's like, wow, I've uh, I've really severely limited my abilities as a human human adult uh, because I know all about sports and not so much about anything else. Look, don't come to me with questions about how to fix your sink, about how to no. unclog your toilet. If don't your car know. breaks down, you're screwed. No. I'm not the guy. 
But if you have questions about your roster, if you want to know who's the sleeper on the Dallas Cowboys this fall, That's right. I am your man. That, yeah, among other amazing nuggets of um, knowledge that my guy here knows. And for that, DMVR Rams, DMVR Draft Podcast, lots of stuff that Justin Michael does that will, will be an asset to us, but not what we are here to do now. What we are here to do now is get you ready for your draft. We're going to start with running backs always the big i mean you figure out your two running backs in fantasy football it's your bread and butter it's what yeah, took me to a championship game last absolutely. year absolutely the, the rest of the stuff will kind of fall into place but you figure out your running backs your team's going to be very competitive so justin let's look let's look at these rankings and uh kale do you want me to start with one of us and we've got them all there and you can compare them to the adp you can compare. Well, that. first we should tell everybody uh, this is an aggregate ADP from there you go. Fantasy Pros. So Love this is that. comparing the top four fantasy sites, Fantastic. ADPs, and it's making an aggregate. So we're trying to do a catch-all here. And there you go. Kamara, Cook, McCaffrey, and uh, a, little, a little bit. Justin, we, uh, we are the most different. So what has you bullish on Dalvin Cook? Well, one, he's a work he's a workhorse, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, that entire yeah. Minnesota offense, yeah. yeah, it's exciting. You've got good wide receivers, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen. This is a Kubiak offense. It is all predicated on successfully running the football. Mm-hmm. They've got Clint in there now, Gary's son, former CSU Ram. Shout out my guy. Yep. But, you know, I That's mean, right. when, when you looked at that Vikings offense last year, it all went through Dalvin Cook. They lived and died by him. He's coming off of a phenomenal season. Uh, carried me to a championship game so you know maybe personal experience kind of seeping into my mindset a little bit but I just think if Minnesota is going to accomplish what they want to accomplish it's got to be through Dalvin Cook and I love a a true you know bell cow type running back guys like him Derrick Henry where they are the clear-cut number one guy well, I could see it, and I know um, people will be scared off by his injuries, but you lay out a very nice argument, and I think people are quick to forget that, uh, you know, just a year ago, he was he he was healthy, and he was one of the fantasy leaders in, uh, in points by running backs. Unlike McCaffrey, who was injured, you know, I think we it's easy to kind of give Christian the pass, but, you know... Everyone can get injured, especially at the running back position. And like in dynasties, this is more of a long-term play, but I have been worried about McCaffrey making a switch at some point and all of a sudden you're legal listing him at wide receiver. That is going to hurt his value. I'm a big Kamara guy. Um, The argument would be very similar to the argument I'd make for McCaffrey. He just has to carry more of that load on offense now. I love him for PPRs. And, um, yeah, I'm just a big fan of his explosiveness. I also think he's in that sweet spot. We'll get to a couple running backs where I think fantasy owners will be worried, like, eh, is he just over the hump? Is this the year where I start to see some regression? Kamara, I think we're still – we're st- the, the asset is still, you know, uh, appreciating, right? My only concern with Alvin Kamara, and he's phenomenal he's down talent, for you. a phenomenal talent. Yeah, yeah. It's just the Crazy. uncertainty at the quarterback position. Yep. No longer yep. do you have Drew Brees to rely on. I thought, you know, when you looked at his product, his productivity with Taysom Hill last year, it went significantly down from when he was working with Drew Brees. I think it'll probably be Jameis this year yes. when it's all said and done, yes. and because of that. I would probably be willing to, to bump him up a little higher than I actually have him on my list here. But, you know, I, I understand the hype in Kamara. I'm just the quarterback position. It worries me. You've got good defenses in that division that you're going up against. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, just longevity. He's not the biggest guy in the world. No, for sure. He, uh, that's a hundred percent true. Um, and then I have Derrick Henry at three. You have him at two. We kind of agree. PPR, would you maybe bump him down below McCaffrey? Or are you that bullish on your your, your fellow roll tider? The thing that I love about Derrick Henry is you know he's going to get those red zone touches. Mm. 
And when it yeah. all comes down yeah, to no. touchdowns and you got a guy that, you know, basically is going to get 25, 30 carries guaranteed on any game, I already like that. But just the added bonus of knowing, like, if they're inside the five-yard line, they're giving that ball to Derrick yeah. Henry. Yeah. They're not getting cute with it. Yeah. And I love that. Again, like, if you're in a PPR league, I do think you can justify Christian McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. Um, even, you know, Dalvin Cook, like I did, who has, a, has the ability to catch the ball out of the backfield as well. Right. I just... I love that that Henry's going to be that work guy, though. I will say, and, and we'll dive into this in a little bit, I do think Tennessee's passing offense is going to kind of take a step up this year, so I wonder if maybe mm-hmm. that hurts Henry's mm-hmm. production to an extent. Yeah, you add Julio. Exactly. One of the best deep ball receivers. You already like what you've got working with Brown on the outside, but it uh, looks like my ma- my guy Kale here wants to chip in. I just was going to say, I'm bullish on Henry this year. I have him at three in my rankings or mm-hmm. two in my rankings as well. Um, I just think... Yeah. What's most important about Henry is how good he is down the stretch of the season. And when well, you're when point. your playoffs are on the line, he's gonna be getting yeah. two touchdowns a game, usually at least. You so, uh <laughs> I mean, it's a little bit over exaggerating, but it's no, important. It's, it's not. It's spot on. Yeah. It is spot yeah, on. Do you guys remember a couple of years ago when what was it? Henry went for it was like five touchdowns or like three hundred yards in that. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. I had him in I had him on the bench. And uh, I got eliminated. So Derrick Henry is a closer. He is a guy you want on the field when it comes crunch time. And uh, hands down, one of the worst fantasy football decisions I've ever made. I will defend it. He'd been playing really poorly for about five weeks going into that. But ever since that game, he's never slowed down, man. No, he really hasn't. Um, And then, you know, I I always think of him very similarly to Larry Johnson, who was one of those guys like, oh, draft Larry Johnson first overall. And then eventually – that year came where he just fell apart, and that was a wasted pick for you at fantasy. <clears throat> when do the carries add up enough to where it's gonna matter? You right, know? right. Where? And I mean, Kick Henry's built different. Like he's he's bigger than Von Miller. He's not a normal human. I mean, uh-uh. Uh-uh. when you see him standing uh-uh. next to Mark Ingram, who's objectively not a small human being, and he just completely dwarfs right, him. Right. I mean, it looks like he's like taking his son to a football game. It's absurd how large of a human he is. Yeah, and Mark Ingram, former Heisman, 6'1", 220, you know, like, yeah. It's also important to remember with Derrick Henry how few carries he got through his first two and a half seasons in this league. Yeah. yeah. I mean, also he really true. was not touching Less the ball on the tires. Much. Yeah, yeah, he's got a lot. I mean, don't get me wrong. He's made up for that by carrying a higher workload than any other back in the league over the last two years. Absolutely. But it's not like he's a typical guy four years into his running back career. No, I agree. And even at Alabama, you can speak to this, Justin, kind of had the advantage of, shoot, they were so low. I mean, like 2014, he had quite a bit of carries. That was really the only year he had to be like the guy. Right. Other than that, those squads, like Alvin Kamara had to transfer out of there. They were so loaded at running back. (laughs) Right. Like, so, um, That's so crazy, man. Uh, It's nuts, but it's true. And so uh, that's a great point on the tread on the tire. I frankly would love to see Tennessee utilize him more in the the run game. I've always felt he's so efficient on those outside runs because he's so, I mean, he's He's deceptively fast. He's he's deceptively fast and he's devastating in space, right? Yeah, he he does a a really good job of understanding. Like when you watch him run, for a guy as big as he is, he's fluid in the open field, and he does a good job of just like slightly leaning to the right, and it's just enough to kind of make the linebacker roll mm-hmm. off you. I mean, you already know he's big and strong, so if you don't get him square, you're not going to bring him down, and he's just – he's a freak. The more I talk about him, the more I'm like, how did I not have this guy as my running back one? But, but- Yeah, I mean, honestly, I kind of regret talking it through right now having him behind McCaffrey because McCaffrey is coming off that injury. McCaffrey maybe shouldn't have that benefit – Let's prove it QB, too. Yeah, and it's why, for example, I'm I'm lower on Saquon here, who you see all the way down at 10 for me. He has 7th for you, 7th on ADP. You're a little higher on him, Kale, having him 5th overall. I've seen ADP in some areas pretty high on Nick Chubb, 5th overall. None of us as, high, as that high on Chubb. I'm the highest with him at 6th. And that's the thing about running backs. It's always so hard. Oh, my bad. You do have them at four. Good call by you. It is so hard to handicap those injuries, you know, because someone's always coming off of one. Someone's always going to have one. I'm also just worried. I know they both are paid at this point, but I'm just worried they're going to split too many carries. I am avoiding any backfield where I have a question of who the true number one is. 
I mean, yeah. They did a good job you of mixing it up hunt, last though. year. As somebody that had Kareem Hunt on the roster, they did a pretty good job of feeding the hot hand, making sure both yeah. guys got yeah. a lot of... I mean, that's an offense yeah. that wants to run the football. For as much as people love to talk about OBJ and Landry, again, you know, that is an offense where when they are at their best, it's downhill, mm-hmm. it's feeding it to Chubb, it's playing ball control type football. It's not, let's have Baker sit back here and throw 60 right. times. And, 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 I mean, it's another one of those who's who's coaching that offense you know what tree are they coming from stefanski kubiak shanahan the whole shebang it's run first that's the deal that's why we you're buying into dalvin um that's why i'm very high on aaron jones still kind of think green bay is gonna have a big year aj Dillon probably scares me off um and the Dillon competition more of a conversation for me in pprs or in standard rather uh, because PPR, even half point, Jones is just going to do Because so he's, he's good for five to six catches a game. I 100%. Mean, he, last, there were games last year where you know, he wasn't tremendous by any means, but he would get you know like 100 yards rushing, right. rack up six right. or seven catches for like 40 yards, maybe finish with a touchdown, and when it's all said and done, ends up you know with like a 20-point game. Like, all right, that's pretty good, all things considered. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, and so he might be less sexy, but Aaron Jones for me is one of the safer guys you can get. That's why I have him at five kind of ahead of some of these uh, more injury risky Nick Chubb guys like that. And look, I'm pretty high on Joe Mixon. That's probably where I differ most. Um, I mean, we're right there. Justin, you and I on Mixon eight, nine. He can um, play guys. I mean, we can, we can debate till we're blue in the face about like the off the field stuff and sure. all that. And obviously that, that video was pretty horrific with Joe Mixon, but the O line concerns me more than any off field stuff that happened back in Especially college. For fantasy. Yeah, yeah. That's why I left him off my list is I just absolutely do not trust that since the O line for anything. It'd be hard to, but Zach Taylor's another of those guys who around about is from that same zone running scheme. And I think they understand with that offensive line, the only way we're going to salvage Joe Burrow is run, 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 and Mixon is one of those few guys we talked about. Belkhouse, Mixon fits that bill, right? He's and solid. I know he's not like Gio a huge Bernard dude, but he runs though. hard. Yeah, and yeah. he he seems to be pretty durable. You know, like he was one yeah, of those guys that was durable. that was taking some yeah. big shots, and he just gets up and he keeps on chugging. But I, I agree with what Kale said. I mean, I'm just everybody on this Bengals offense. Whether you're excited about him, not Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow, all, all right. these guys. You know, you can talk yourself into it, but that that offensive line just makes me nervous. With a even oh, mediocre offensive really line, I probably have Mixon closer to like six or seven on this list. Hundred percent. We buy the talent. It's the team that really concerns us. Yes. We, uh, the other thing is, we buy the talent. We buy the workload. It's the team that concerns us. Also true. Yeah, you know <laughs> you he's going to get like, the touches. It's so he just, checks two yeah. or three boxes, but that third box he doesn't check concerning. Kale, is there any final points you would have us um, touch on before we yeah. move it along? It, I just feel like we need to have the Ezekiel Elliott conversation yep, about yep. how you guys feel because Dre and I are way lower on him than Justin and ADP is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the case for Zeke, is it a simple one, Justin? It's touchdowns, man. Yeah. It's red zone looks. He's going to yeah. get a lot of looks. Now, you do worry a little bit. Grant, given that Dallas's passing offense has the potential to be so electric, yep. they have, if not the best, one of the best wide receiving cores in the NFL with mm-hmm. Cooper, Gallup, and CD Lamb. Oof. I don't know, man. I just I feel like Zeke's due. Really, that's that's it's kind of just a gut feeling. I I think that offense is going to have to run the football, especially you know you're worried about Z- Dak's health and like yeah. him holding up. I think yeah. being able to rely on that running game, especially over these first like two months when you're not exactly sure how healthy Dak is, I think that'd be a big advantage. And I just think he's in a, in a big year. My, my big concern with him obviously is just fumbles. You know, he's been a guy yeah. who's not been able to hold on to the football in his career. Yeah. And that's one of those offenses. I have a, it could be really good, man. And they could be like 20 offense. points a game. And it right. wouldn't surprise well, that's me either. True. That's true. I, it's just I get a feeling they'll be underwhelming. They won't be as good as the sum of their parts, and Zeke will be part of that. Now, the, all the things you've said, absolutely correct, and it's why he's still ninth, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think on my, like, top 50 overall, he's 18th. There you go. So, I mean, it's not like Jonathan Taylor, who's top 10 in ADP, 
and yet I think that's who I want to get into. After didn't appear yeah. anywhere else. Um, so there seems to be a consensus. But yeah, Zeke's a tricky one. Zeke's a tricky one. Um, and I wonder if he's kind of over the hump at this point. I really do. I do think that's fair. I think he's got one or two good seasons left in him. But you, just briefly here before we move on, you mentioned Jonathan Taylor. He's a guy that I've seen ranked as high as like the second best running back coming in by by certain you know yes. fantasy outlets. A couple yes. of magazines that I read had him ranked at number two. I know that he flashed, but that seems way too high for me based on what mm. we've seen with some of these mm. other backs. Where are you guys at with Jonathan Taylor? And is he a guy that you know could be a eight to ten touchdowns? this season you know 1300 yards i'm pretty high on jonathan taylor just because i really believe in that offensive line and i know that team's mentality is going to be run first and play action based because of who their quarterback is so i think he's going to be really good from that perspective but i do understand your concerns he flashed in the pan last year um i have him ranked right next to swift as well who i also really like that um, I also really like that offensive line, but DeAndre Swift has some injury wow. concerns um, as well. I know that's like a hot take for me. He's Huge in my, yeah. Swift. I love Swift. That's he was my. I, this is more me being bullish. He was my favorite running back going into last year's draft. So yep, like same. somebody's gonna flash, man. If you believe in somebody, put your sock behind him. You know, it's like it's like Trey McBride on CSU. People for the last year have rolled their eyes, been like, "You're just a CSU guy." I'm like, no, he's the best tight end I've ever seen. In person, you know, at least in person. You've I heard add it that. from legit scouts too. Um, boy, uh, the two sides of Jonathan Taylor are really interesting to me. Um, because he is in standard leagues the fourth highest scoring running back in all fantasy football last year, which I think would be surprising. That was kind of quietly really productive. Super yeah. quietly, and not even really. He just got twenty carries every game and was getting sixty yards and maybe a garbage touchdown here, something there, five receptions. So there is value in that, though. You know what oh, I mean? Sure. Like if you can find those running backs, especially if he's. Your number two guy, like let's say mm-hmm. you you know you right. land a top right. five running back right. on top of it, but Taylor's your second guy, and you're able to scrape out 15 points a week out mm-hmm. of him just purely on volume of touches and you know a garbage time touchdown here. You could be in a pretty good position. Well, especially if you have any injuries, like last year mm-hmm. that happened to the running back position as a whole, which yep. was just decimated. If this season's anything like last year, which it probably will be with all the COVID stuff again. Jonathan Taylor is a really safe play. I get yeah, it. Yeah. So he's got that going for him. Um, la- My problem is he did not look good at actual football last year. So the production was there, but it was like consistently exactly. on 2.8 yards per carry, 3.2. And when you're playing like that and you're at running back, your leash is about this long. And Naeem Hines was injured most of last year. When he was healthy, he looked like the bigger back. Also, Wentz is out. Quentin Nelson will be out for some. Like, this offense is going to be severely tested and limited in ways that it wasn't. And I I do have an overall theory that last offseason was so tough that a lot of those rookies from last year will really overperform in year two. I don't think Jonathan Taylor is it. I think his carries will be greatly taken because there'll be more health at his position, more kind of having to share carry. So he is my biggest stay away at any position. I, I don't even have him in my top 50 at all spots. He just, I'm he's just a guy that doesn't not touch him. He, he had a couple of moments, he did. but he just didn't really consistently pass the eye test enough for mm-hmm. me. When mm-hmm. like you, mm-hmm. when you pull up the fantasy production, yes, the fourth most productive running back in fantasy football, in standard this year, leagues, yeah. and you can yeah. use that for his argument, but I watched the Colts a couple of times oh, last year, and it was bad. just one of those where I was like, I just really bad. I don't see it. But yeah. again, you know, maybe maybe he'll boom this year. The other thing, Justin, haven't we seen this before? Wisconsin running back so productive so in college. It's the system, guys. Monty Ball, Melvin Gordon, Ron, Ron Dane. Yeah. It's that system, and if you can't figure it out, if you can't have a little more wiggle to you a little more vision once you're not just running behind those phenomenal badgers o-lines in the cold in scani's saturday after saturday things change so i'm just not a, a jonathan taylor believer i'm glad we had that talk 
Wisconsin running backs get off the bus, man, and, and go for 200 yards. 100%. It's just, like, it's just 100%. what they do. Yeah, truly. Um, I mean, more credit to them. Let's go to wide receivers where it's really going to be wide open. I mean, you could go any which way. Kale and I sticking with the ADP favorite. You going with Tyreek Hill, who I have seen, for example, on Yahoo, um, is the top ADP wide receiver. What had you going with the Chiefs wideout, who I am the lowest on ranking him fifth and regular listeners to the show might have an inkling to why that is you know part of it is you know with kansas city losing sammy Watkins, i think hill's targets are Uh going to go up on Mm -hmm. the outside Mm -hmm. you obviously have the the big play potential because he's just an elite burner you know one of the fastest football players i've ever seen and you know it's it's just one of those you know they're gonna they're gonna throw the football a lot it's an andy Reid offense right you're buying that offense Um, yeah i just feel like it's it's tyreek's year i will say I love Devonte Adams. He's been my wide receiver one for about a half decade now. Like, there's not a wide receiver in football that I enjoy watching as much as as Devonte Adams. Mountain West, so you know he's not. Fresno like. State yeah. guy coming yeah. off of an 18 touchdown season. Like, you can use. Yikes. You look at any numbers. I mean, he's gone for, like, uh, he's at 120 plus targets in four of the last five seasons. Like, yeah. they just they force feed him the football. Yeah. I'm a little bit worried about the situation, you know, the the locker room in Green Bay, just given the uncertainty with him and Aaron Rodgers. You know, point. both of those guys are in situations where it doesn't really look like they're going to be in Green Bay much longer. Right. Right. But the, the the counter is, you know, these are guys that are going to want to put up big numbers. It's not like they're going to phone it in. That's they want right. a big contract elsewhere or they want to get extended. So, you know, I might have overthought this one a little bit, to be honest. You know, the more we're going into this, I, I think I'd probably put Devontae one and Tyreek Hill. Uh, two, but you can't go wrong with either of those guys, in my opinion. It's crazy. In standard leagues last year, they were neck and neck, 243 to 241 for Devontae. Um, Tyreek playing 15 games, Devontae 14. It's going to be really interesting. You, you're right. Tyreek has one less guy to compete against for touches. Green Bay famously hasn't added anyone for like two years straight. <laughs> Devontae so. has nobody to, yeah, to compete like, with. It's like him and Bobby Tunyon in yeah. the end zone and Aaron, Aaron Jones. Jones. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That is their entire offense. And that's what makes so Aaron I'm Rodgers success in on those three. Yeah. so like mind-blowing in some ways. When you uh, look truly, at the fact like truly, the numbers that he truly. was able to put up last year and you look at the weapons, I mean, it's not like they've got like Randy Moss on the outside next to Devontae Adams oh, next to DeAndre from, Hopkins. From, yeah. It's only those dudes and then A-Rod. <laughs> Totally. Um, so, yeah, and Tyreek Hill, gosh, I'm almost surprised to see that, but he was insanely productive a year ago. And so I, maybe I'm overthinking it by going fifth. He is one of those guys who can go off for 30, 40, 50 any given week. And the consistency then could once be in a while we'll yeah. have a nine-point week or what have you. And it's why Calvin Ridley with no Julio to compete again. Justin Jefferson – Thielen's still there, but Jefferson in that offense. He's the guy now. Kirk's shown, you know, that that offense, you can count on them to go for 4,000-plus every year, and those two wide receivers will handle the bulk of that. Diggs in Buffalo, all those guys have a little more of the of the share to where I lean with them. Um, and, in fact, I think in my top 50, no spoilers, Tyreek Hill, not even the highest-ranked Chiefs offensive player, which whatever. Well, I mean, um, I think it's when you get into the argument of, like, positional value, positional value yeah. and, like, obviously, there's, like, three tight ends that are so much better than everyone else that if you don't land one of those three, right. it's pretty much six one way, half a dozen the other on anybody else in the league. And I feel the same way about quarterbacks to an extent. Like, once you get out of the top, like, six or seven guys – eight through 25 you're basically the same thing and that's why i don't understand why some of these you'll see it every year in a fantasy draft especially with players that are a little bit uh inexperienced a couple of these quarterbacks will go and then people start to panic and you'll see start right. people taking the court right. it's like well all right i don't care if i end up with Derek carr in the 13th round because he's going to put up the same numbers as Tannehill or 100%. whoever you want to use and they'll be we'll be like 60 deep on wide receivers where i feel like well in a pinch I could start him in my flex. Exactly. Quarterback, 18 deep. And most standard leagues are, what, 10, 12? Um, so you're pretty comfortable running back. I've got one big question we for you, We already get out the top five, and it's tricky. Yeah, lay it on me, brother. You've got – this happens twice for you, and it doesn't happen for me or Justin. You have 
two guys from the Minnesota wide receiver core and no. two guys no. from the Tennessee the wide receiver yep. core. Are you not worried about them splitting catches? Oh, you got Julio at six. Holy cow. I'm bullish on Julio. Uh, I I like that, though, because I'm really – I already mentioned that, you know – Right? I'm I'm high on the Tennessee passing offense. I think it's really going to jump to the next level. I think Tannehill's played really well over the last couple years. And he's got the arm for it. Like two big-bodied wide receivers that you can stretch the field with and just wear your opponents down with Derrick Henry, you know, beat him on play action every now and then like it's just setting up so nicely i I think you talked me into it or i talked myself into it with your logic but the i know it's tricky with tennessee that's the harder one for me to sell myself on but i think i think they've just gone all in on offense um and all in on Tannehill, and all in on that receiving court to where it they can support it Former linebacker going all in on offense. It'd be and nice I mean, if we could do the same here. And yeah, no kidding. <laughs> yeah, they're also gonna have to score like thirty-eight points a game because that defense is it's hot garbo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's insane what Vrabel's done to that D. I mean, it's what you just said. Like, it's crazy that a former linebacker could just do that all in. Minnesota, I feel more confident about. It might not be as sexy. Um, and look, they probably won't both, and like both duos won't be top ten. But I feel confident enough. At least one of them. To where they both end up in the top eighteen twenty. To where I think these rankings won't look too bad. I think they're both top fifteen guys, even fairly, fairly confidently. I mean, That's, again, like you never know. It could be a situation where someone like Cortland Sutton, you know, all of a sudden comes around. Right, and him and Judy right. put up big numbers. And then maybe these guys drop down a little bit. But they're going to get plenty of targets. And I like that you included Thielen too, just kind of talking about the Vikings, because while, you know, Jefferson was awesome last year, looking at the numbers, you know, most times people kind of come down to earth a little bit in that sophomore season. So I think deceptively Thielen could be good value because I bet you could get him later uh, with people eyeing Jefferson in those early rounds. I agree. And actually average more fantasy points per game game last year than justin jefferson uh point especially four in ppr more. like he yep. i yep. had Thielen last year and he was one of those guys that was kind of frustrating because it, it would be like six points seven points 42 points 38 points five points four points 41 points yeah the minnesota offense became a little more streaky than like the steady eddie you'd expect especially with Especially with all the talent that they have, and like all the different, it's why is it why does it click so well one week and then they look like a completely different offense the next? Yeah, that's really a great question. It's a question that users of the number one sportsbook in all the land never ask themselves. No one's ever asked themselves why is a DraftKings sportsbook act so inconsistently. No, always consistent. And if you're not in now, as football season's around the corner, I don't know what you're doing. On top of that. New users can bet $1 to win 200 any football market. They will give you $200 in free bets. That, even better, is in eight different $25 free bets. Those are the best. Won a grand on one of those once. Four-legger. That was a beaut. A little flex. Yeah, no, that great time, great time. So get in on that, get in on all the fun. You're a football expert. You listen to this pod every week. Let's get in on some fun NFL props. Let's use our fantasy wisdom and knowledge to our advantage on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. It's a blast. It's a place where, for example, Teddy Bridgewater just announced the starter today. Um, well, you could have placed a bet on that and won a lot of money. You can do that all at DraftKings Sportsbook. Download their app, the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, and use that promo code DMVR to receive that great new offer. And they will match your first deposit bonus up to $1,000. That's $1,000 in free bets. It's such a deal. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Before we move on, I need to shout out just a couple of wide receivers that I have way different than you guys. Yeah, let's do it. Um, I have Allen Robinson at five. I saw that. Um, Purely because I am bullish on the fact that Allen Robinson, I think, is a Hall of Fame talent that has been wasted by poor quarterback play. Wow. 
and spicy takes i dig it Keep uh, i just think this is going to be the best quarterback play he's probably had in his entire career once justin Fields starts and i Fair. think he's going to mm -hmm. put up absolute monster numbers hey don't sleep on the red rocket either andy Dalton. Yeah. he puts up numbers he, it's he if puts we're up talking numbers. if you want a quarterback to get the football to your wide receiver he's going to be fine i'm not saying i would want him as my team as a super bowl coach most seasons andy dalton was actually a fairly competent fantasy quarterback that's and then true. I also have Terry McLaurin and Jerry Judy in there, and I purely just think they're going to be in PPR leagues catch monsters. I think they're going to catch 100 balls, and that's going to, in PPR leagues, that's going to score you a lot of points. Terry is a really interesting one. Um, I had a long debate with myself about him and Tyler Lockett in that 11 or 12, 13 spot, um, and I ended up giving Lockett the slight edge. I love McLaurin, though, from the time I covered him at the Senior Bowl, and he'll probably start really well, right, with Fitzpatrick. It's that second half of the season that's got a skeptic. That whole uh, football team offense between Gibson, Logan Thomas, I think a lot of guys that maybe you won't see in our top tens, but we've got our eyes on oh, just totally. outside. Yeah. Um, I think I had McLaurin at like 12. So, I, I mean, I am high on him. Right. I had him at right. uh, number 27 overall on my big board. Big play potential. I mean, if you want a guy that could go for like an 80-yard touchdown, there he's, aren't he's more people in the league that have a, a better chance of doing so than McLaurin. Jerry exactly. Judy I really like, though, because I, I agree with Kale. You know, he's going to just rack up those targets. Now, obviously – you hope that the drops aren't an issue this season. No. I'm not worried about that. And how wide open is that offense with Bridgewater? That's exactly. Yeah. That's that's the important thing is how efficient is that passing offense as a whole. But I think with the return of Cortland Sutton, you know, it's going to open things up for him. He shouldn't always be having to go mm -hmm. against the team's number no. one corner. Or if he is, maybe not the entire game. Um, hell yeah, Kale. I, I, I hope Judy goes off. I got a Jerry Judy well, jersey in my absolutely. closet, so nobody's pulling for him more than me. I want to touch on Allen Robinson just a second longer because I think we kind of missed an opportunity to talk about David Montgomery and the running backs. David Montgomery, after the bye week for the Bears, 20 points, 20 points, 25, 23, 24. He went, was on an absolute tear. Of course, Tyree Cohen was out. Uh, they've now brought in Jamal Williams. Um Injuries that's the only thing that scares me about this Bears backfield, you know, right. kind of going to Kale's argument where it's a running back by committee. It's, I think it's three guys that are going to end up with around 100 carries exactly. each. And, that's and that a was Montgomery's situation. issue last yeah. year. And then, yeah, Robinson, Robinson doesn't have those issues, but it is a greater issue of, geez, how much can I buy into the Bears offense? Because you're, I'm with you on, I mean, the field stuff is a great point. How long am I? You know, it's the reverse Fitzpatrick. In PPR, he was a top 10 wide receiver last year oh, with I know. Oh, he killed abysmal it. quarterback play. He killed it. He really, and some of the some of the worst O-line play you will ever see in professional football. I, her, like, fourth so and bad. one, fourth and one, like, goal line for me. They have to run an outside toss. They're so bad on the O-line. They can't get one yard up a gap. Uh, those are things that you know, I, uh. any concerns about the weather i mean just it's obviously gets really cold mm. in chicago that's like one of the things i try and keep in the back of my mind a little bit if it comes down to maybe less so at wide receiver you know more so with like a kicker or something am i going to take a kicker that's yeah, going to sure. be kicking in lambo or right. am i going to be taking a kicker that's going to be kicking in south mm. beach quarterback too but yeah, yeah i consider i consider weather way more when i'm drafting quarterbacks than necessarily skill position players but that's well, just me. And with running backs, you'll kind of do the reversal. You know, I, I love me a good running, you know, a bell cow from the black and blue in November and December. Give me that. He's going to get those looks. 100%. Right. And it's what uh, Kale, the great point Kale made about Derrick Henry when we were talking running backs. You know, how like end of the season, the guy's just carrying the load and churning them out. Um, we kind of got to mine any, anything on your six through ten you want to touch on before we move on to tight ends which is always a fun one just real briefly i actually guess i have him at three but you guys aren't as high on him kale doesn't even have him uh in his top ten doesn't look like you do either neither of you very oh no yeah you do you got an eight sorry deandre hopkins i have him at yeah, three no. dre's got him at eight kale does not have him in his top 10. Uh, I got to be honest. This was a mistake. Yep. Oversight. Just uh, oh, oversight. Okay. Yep. No worries. Okay. That's all, that's all I wanted to ask. Cause it was just, maybe Kale had a spicy take like, oh, this Arizona offense is, is dog 
water, you know, I almost said a curse word. Uh, <laughs> I don't believe in Kingsbury, but no, just an oversight. It happens. I get it. Um, but even, you know, you know, you don't have him super high on your list. What, where is your reservation Boy, on DeAndre was, Hopkins? I was so low on him last year. He kind of turned me around. I, I don't love that offense. Uh, Cliff has really let me down as far as like bringing any sort of innovation or wide Not open. nearly as creative as it should be with oh. the guys that they have in Doesn't that even locker know, room. They didn't know how to use Kenyon Drake a year ago, man. I know. It was nuts. Um, so, you know, I'm like, okay, yeah, he's a reliable top 10 wide receiver. And yeah, I'm not pounding the, the, the other thing about six through 10 on these rankings, relatively similar. I am almost certain the way things will fall that I probably won't get any of those guys. If the board doesn't fall my way and I'm forced to prioritize the, my top, my very top wide receivers over running backs or tight ends, which I wasn't able to get, even maybe a couple quarterbacks, that could happen. Almost certainly, though, once the the Julio's, the DK Metcalf's, the DeAndre Hopkins are still around, I have other priorities. I'm trying to knock out my RB two. Maybe there's still a tight end I really value. Maybe there's a quarterback I really value. It, it would be a letdown if this was like a first round pick for me. Or a, an early That's second, fair. You know? That's definitely fair. I think three in hindsight, probably a little high. Uh, I just kept moving him up for some reason. I think on my original list, I had him below Diggs, Metcalf, and Justin Jefferson, maybe even Calvin Ridley as well. And then I just kept tinkering and tinkering, ended up all the way at number three. But that's how these lists always go. I mean, I do the same thing when I do like preseason rankings. There'll be one team that starts at nine and somehow finishes like fifth when it's all said and done. And uh, we should say hop, huge difference, standard or PPR. Like, he had Great, so yeah. many catches last year that like he was the yards. fourth best yeah. per PPR standard, just 10th best. So, big switch there. And that's um, always an important caveat. You need to know this yeah. thing when you're going oh, yeah. into your, I mean, half point PPR, full point PPR, or a standard league, all of these matter. Exactly. All of them are going to greatly influence how you decide to draft. I mean, in PPR, totally. you know, once I have my second running back, I'm pretty much just, like, stacking up as many productive wide mm -hmm. receivers as mm -hmm. I can. Like, yep. you know, I want a solid third running back that I can trust, but in a standard league, I'm probably trying to get like three or four running backs and I'm not as worried 100%. about the wide receivers, you know, it just exactly. changes so your mindset. It's a great point to make and something we will be talking about more in the next podcast where we'll get into more draft theories and team construction. But yeah, you got to know your league. You got to know um, even how the board stacks when you look at, you know, that draft board when, when you go into the draft room, um, there's just the more you know your surroundings and how your league operates, the more you're going to have an edge in being able to get what you want, where you want, without having to overpay on everything or be surprised at any point. Again, we can talk about this more on the next episode, but this was actually something I kind of learned the, the hard way. A couple of years ago, I joined a league that I'm still in today. It's a league where you start two quarterbacks each week. Yeah. I've never yeah, been yeah. in a league like it's a lot of fun. I'm doing really high scoring. Oh, I, I love those, especially but, for dynasty. I think yeah. they're so fun. But it completely changes your draft strategy. Yes, you know what I yes, mean? Because you need two way. legitimate starting quarterbacks, and it changes how much you prioritize wide receivers and running backs. Like it's it's just a whole different ordeal. But it's fun, man. That's the beauty of fantasy football. You can get as wonky as you want, or yep. you can just keep things simple, and that's kind of beautiful in its own right. Like it's nice to just, you know. Touchdowns, I get points. Yards, I get points. That's it. Like, it's sometimes yep. it's nice to just be simple. Yeah. No, 100%. I mean, that's what I really love about fantasy football is the, the ever-evolving and changing different formats. One thing that's really changed in the last few years with fantasy football is how much we've had to value the very top of the tight end position. Totally. Because Travis Kelsey almost broke the NFL record for receiving yards, not for a tight end, period last year um he did break the tight end record of course then you have darren waller who's been similarly historically great kittle had some injuries a year ago but you go back to uh 2019 you're talking about another guy who was putting up otherworldly production um so yeah you've got three guys who you essentially have to treat like first rounders at the tight end position, that's not something we're we've typically had to do as fantasy owners. 
And then if you don't, if you aren't able to get one of those guys, you're kind of scrambling and you got to figure out the rest of the position. So this is really... It's a weird position. It's, it's one it's of the hardest very positions to spot. draft. Like, yeah. It's it's that fine line of like once you secure... And maybe, you know, a Travis Kelsey, a Kittle, a Darren Waller, somebody like that could be worth taking, especially if you have a, a late pick in the first round in a, in a deeper league or an early pick in the second round or something like that. But, you know, one of the things Dre and I were talking about before is just the gap, you know. Once once you get out of those top, I don't know, maybe you can say four or five guys. I think it's really more like three. I think it's three and then the gap. Is the like, gap is just so steep. And it's like at that point, it's not going to matter if you take a tight end in the fifth round or the 13th round. You just need to get a guy that's going to be on the field. I also, uh, if anyone's doing keeper leagues and it's your first year drafting, um, spending a first round pick on a tight end in a keeper league is if it's one of those three guys because of positional scarcity is probably not a bad move. I like that. Yeah, that's incredible. Travis um, Kelsey, I mean, you know, right. he'd totally be worth the investment. That's a great point, Kel. Um, So then with ADP, I'm assuming we have a consensus on the top three. No, Kale's got Waller at, at so seven. This is purely because this year uh, I am avoiding wow. offenses that I don't trust completely. And I don't trust this Raiders offense after the offensive line upheaval at all. Yeah. And so any offenses where I'm just completely out on, I'm knocking those guys down. Hey, I like that you're consistent with your logic. That's one thing I would give advice people to in your fantasy draft. Whatever your parameters are, yeah. whatever your like individual rules are, oh, just man. stay committed yeah. to them. Because if yeah. you do yeah. back and forth, you get wishy-washy. If you change what you're doing, you change how you run your team every week, it's going to drive you mad. And if you know if you stay to your principles, you're going to win some, you're going to lose some, but at least you have the comfort in there. So I like that Kale's sticking yeah. to it. It's a golden rule for betting as well. Just stay Stick consistent, stay by you. Um, and honestly, I really think it's going to work out for you more often than not um, because it's the things you know best. So exactly. th th that's going to pay off. I like Waller that's a lot, though, man. Yeah, as, I, as much as I think that the, that the criticisms offense. of the Raiders offense are no. fair. And oh, again, sure. you know, it's... They haven't been able to figure out the passing stuff yet with the wide receivers, despite you know taking multiple first round wide receivers in the last decade. Uh, I just I trust Derek Carr more more than most people do. I think he's a little bit underrated. I think he's going to do a good job of getting Waller red zone targets, and uh, I don't know. I just think he feels like a John Gruden player. Like well, John Gruden's like, I love this guy, man. Like right, Darren Waller, right. I'm gonna get him 5,500 targets this season, man. Like. I mean, also, most people listening are probably in PPR, half PPR leagues. Good point. And he's going to get a ton of catches because Derek Carr checks down to his tight ends a, a ton. Yeah. yeah, and has no, not many other options because you got Henry Ruggs, who's more of a deep threat decoy. He's running open he's actually, 80 yards down the field. Yeah. It doesn't matter because he can't get him the ball. <laughs> and did you also have Kittle number one, Kale? Sue an extra spicy. I do, yeah. I have, I have Kittle number one. Um, I just expect some regression from that Chiefs offense. Not that it's not going to be incredibly explosive, just a slight amount of a regression just because they don't have a true wide receiver two this year. Well, and it's not like Kittle doesn't have the talent. I mean, when he is at his peak, oh, I think beastly. saying George Kittle is the best tight end in football is not an outlandish statement. And to be fair, that's a 1A, 1B thing. Like, it's totally. not. Like, this yeah. is semantics. Yeah, and the three, <laughs> those three guys all averaging over 15 points per game in a PPR, even in the drastically injury-riddled season a Kittle game, had, man. everyone else below 12. So, um, it, massive divide. Let's get into the 4 through 10, where things get more interesting I went Bobby Tunyon uh, just because he's got all those touchdowns. It does seem like his role is only going to grow. And then I've got Mark Andrews. I think ADP is kind of crazy putting rookie Kyle Pitts fourth overall. I would not touch him. It's too high, man. He's he's going to be in an incredible player. And he might even oh, have yeah. a really good season. He might have a historically great season for a tight end, but it's still not going to be like... He's not going to put up Kelsey numbers. He's not going to put up Waller numbers. The rule of thumb, I wouldn't draft him as a starter. So quarterback, running back, running back, wide receiver, wide receiver, tight end. Your tight end too, though, you would take him? You need to address those for those positions first before you can draft Pitts. So if, if you're drafting him before the sixth round, I disagree with you. Oh, I do too. I do. Yeah. It's, it's just too unproven at this point. Like We're all in on his potential. Again, you know, some of these things, sometimes... 
these evaluations are not what we think of their football potential or what we'll Ex even think oh, they'll exactly, do. Oh, exactly, right. It's production-based. It's, it's, it's not it's all fantasy. Yeah. This is not emotion, just logic. I mean, it's the same reason why, like, you know, I I had Tyreek Hill as my number one wide receiver. I'm not going to not take the guy because he's a Kansas City Chiefs wide receiver. Like, right. He's a beast. Right. And you're higher on Andrews. You guys are both higher on Fant. So uh, let's I'm, talk it out. I'm bullish on Fant this year. I just think he's got all the tools to be the next elite tight end in football. And if the Broncos weren't entirely injury ridden last year, I think he would have blown up last year and not this year. Right. What worries me about Fant is just how dependent it's going to be, you know, on solid quarterback play for him to boom this year. I think Kale's spot on. I think he has the skill set. I think oh, yeah. if we're talking about some of the more athletic tight ends in the league, he certainly belongs mm -hmm. in that mm -hmm. conversation. Mm -hmm. Red zone threat. Mm -hmm. I also like that he has the potential to, you know, some tight ends, all their work's going to be within 10, 12 yards of the line of scrimmage. Fan's a guy you can target 25, 30 yards down the field because yep. he moves well enough to yep. get down there. I don't know. I just worry about the quarterback, and the more I think about it, I actually would probably put Fant a little bit lower on my list mm. than I have him here. I would put Tanyan higher uh, just because of red zone targets. I think Mark Andrews is going to be an awesome red Very zone target yeah. for Baltimore. I mean, you know what they do with a running game, but it's just going to – it's going to create so many opportunities where they can just run a little play action and have him just kind of run over the corner wide open at the yep. pylon touchdown easy money um where are you guys at with tj hawkinson though obviously taken yeah. above noah fant his running mate at iowa we haven't, really, we haven't really seen it kind of click in the way that people were, were hoping it would at the next level yet he was really good last year but not elite last year um yeah. certainly not elite not a top 10 tight end no in NFL no draft, certainly you know? not in fantasy wise um i just like the fact that i know the last two years jared goff has thrown to his tight ends a ton and that's kind of why i put him at five well, maybe he's arguably their best target, and uh, last year was the fifth most productive in PPRs overall points. That's higher than a I would have little guessed. lower on average. Um, yeah, Fant is behind him, sandwiched between Hawkinson and Ingram, all first round tight ends. Ingram, I have buyer's remorse with Ingram, and that's playing into Fant. Such an incredible athlete, right? Such a mismatch at the tight end position. But if that offense isn't there for you, you're only going to go so far. Big believer in Fant. A little more skeptical about the Broncos. Off the other thing about the Broncos offense is there is so much depth. There are so many mouths to feed at wide receiver, at running back, at tight end, um, to where I think that'll really benefit the Broncos from football reasons, but it might hurt some of their individuals in fantasy the Dallas uh, Cowboys conundrum like if you yeah, if you right, watched the Dallas right. Cowboys last year and you had any of those players it was really frustrating because at any given point you're rooting for your guy you know whether Michael Gallup CeeDee Lamb whoever it is and it always feels like the other guy is who scores in that scenario but that's kind of fantasy football in a nutshell right like that's yeah. that's what makes it frustrating but it's also what makes it so satisfying when your guy hits and I'll defend the fact that I don't have Gusecki in the top 10 um I'm counting on him making big leaps, obviously. Based on what we've seen last year, he wouldn't be a top 10 tight end. I do like um, I guess his relationship with Tua. And is, Tua is had some success with OJ, right? OJ yeah, was did. there. Yeah. So at least there's a track record of throwing to the. That's another offense. I really don't know much what to make of it. Um, I've watched we're both have to Dolphins. Figure out a lot. I've watched both Dolphins preseason games, and I know preseason don't read too much into it, yeah. but it sure seems like Mike Jasicki is gonna be to his favorite target, which is why I put him. He was off of my top ten before I watched him last week, and I bumped him way up. I mean, they don't have running backs. Their wide receivers are kind of not exactly household names. Um, they can't stay on the field. That's the. They have another. They could. You know, Preston Williams, former CSU guy, former number one recruit in the country before he signed with Tennessee. Yeah. He's been pretty productive in a limited role. Played in 16 games over the last two years. Had about mm -hmm. 800 yards. Uh, I think like 55 catches, 90 targets, high seven touchdowns. It's just staying on the field. They've had a hell of a time keeping any of these guys healthy. Parker struggled to stay on the field too. Like, yeah, I don't. Know. I like Jacecki as as their passing option, but I don't think I would take him very early. They're, you know, I, I would feel much better if I had one of those top five tight ends and Jacecki. I was able to steal him, you know, a little bit later. But you know, like Kale said, I, I do think he is going to be Tua's number one target and potentially a sleeper that you could 
steal away in, in leagues where people aren't you know paying attention quite as well. Beautiful. All right, let's get to quarterbacks. Um, our top tens not so important. Did you have all these guys in your top fifty, Justin? No, I didn't um, either. I didn't either. I only have the top six guys in the top 50. Yeah, I think I did the exact same thing. And Mine's it's, the same, yeah. <laughs> there we you all go. have the same top six guys. So we have the same top six, which is crazy. <laughs> you can't say that about any other position we've come up with. Are they exactly well. the same? Uh, They're super close. I have Tannehill a little higher and Dak a little bit lower than you guys do. Yeah, and I lowered Dak just a little. Again, I'm skeptical about that offense. But it, it really speaks to what Justin was saying a couple positions ago. There's no need to prioritize quarterbacks. You can wait. And, like, Matt Ryan, my ninth-ranked quarterback, Matthew Stafford. He's going to put up great numbers. I'll be ecstatic yeah. to get those guys. Ecstatic. And I have already have my flex taken care of before I have to draft him. I can tell line. you right now, Matthew Stafford's one of my top fantasy targets, and he's my 10th-ranked quarterback. Right, because in that offense, he's those tight ends, those wide receivers, yep. why not? He's yeah. going to put up big numbers. And the value is just one of those things. Yeah, it'd be awesome to get Patrick Mahomes, but you're probably going to have to blow a first-round pick on him when he's not worth it. Yep. He's not when we talked about the positional mm. value in fantasy. Again, this isn't a Mahomes shot. No, This is just like Mahomes is my... 13th ranked fantasy football player on my top 50. You know, if I, he's not a top 10 pick in my estimation. Yeah, no, I'm with you. And like Dak, he's coming off the injury. We haven't seen him in this type of offense before. Um, he's having to familiarize himself. Like, you know, Herbert, look at any of the props for Herbert. Everything has him regressing, even though the, he's going to play two more games than he did a year ago. So, I'm the only one that has Weird. a discrepancy here. I have Dak really high, yeah. um, purely just because they're if he's healthy, which I think he's going to be, they're just going to have to throw the ball so much to even stay in games because of that defense. Yeah. Um, Got I mean, great receivers too, which always helps your cause. Exactly. So that was sort of my thought on Dak. And then the only other thing is I sort of preferred guys who are going to have a lot of running touchdowns because you get more points out of them, which is why I have Kyler and Lamar high. But other well, than that's that, that's kind of the big thing. That's what's changed. You know, these last couple of years is unless you're getting, you know, a Patrick Mahomes and or an Aaron Rodgers, one of those guys that's going to stand in the pocket and pick you apart. The, mal the most valuable fantasy quarterbacks are those guys that give you the rushing component. It is Kyler Murray. It is. Lamar Jackson, even Josh Allen to an extent, you know, gives you a lot of rushing points. I mean, you can, especially add Kyler Murray last year, there were some weeks, you know, he's getting you an extra eight, nine points a week just from his rushing stats. And that's, you know, in a close game, oh, that rush, can be the difference. His rushing was huge. Um, I think a lot of people will be surprised, like, there's no Baker in here, you know. Um, so it, that's, just, uh, that's just the deal so that's our quarterbacks. And again, you got to pound those running backs. You got to really find your tight ends, find your wide receivers. Yeah, Mahomes, you get Mahomes and none of your running back tight end targets were there in round one. I will not be crying if I get Mahomes round one, you know. No, I, again, like it's, it's all situational. Just because I have him 13th on my board doesn't mean I would necessarily not take him in the first round if you know the cards put out if my top five running backs went off the board my top three wide receivers right. you know at that point i'm probably considering taking my number one quarterback or my number one tight end just because of positional value exactly and the gap between those guys and the rest of the field but you know you just it's it's all situational you just don't want to overplay your hand you know don't don't make your pick necessarily only based on what other people are doing if everybody else is taking quarterbacks it's easy to get in that moment oh god i gotta get a quarterback oh, so yeah. they're all gonna oh, go yeah. they're not no. you're gonna be okay they're just not um yeah and with that let's look at our favorite sleepers and our biggest stayaways. uh i just gave you five there will fuller i'm bullish on will fuller top 10 wide receiver last year in miami i think he might be the guy who kind of unlocks tua talked about nine hines i've talked about bobby tunyon and matt ryan trey sermon's the only guy i haven't touched on we both had him on there. I, I'm a big buyer on, obviously, Kyle Shanahan running offenses. It's another topic we have touched on repeatedly. Big Raheem Moster, but Sermon is a guy I'll try to target to have on my bench as a bit of a running back insurance. I mean, he was a guy that came on so strong down the stretch for Ohio State. Kind of looked like that running back. Everybody thought he had the potential to be 
I, I really like his potential in a Kyle Shanahan offense. I, I like Mostert as well. Um, but I'm, I'm glad that we both have him on there because I felt pretty good about, about that. And I'm also glad that me and Kale both have Michael Gallup on here. Shout out our guy, MG, the pride of Colorado State. Yep. Big He's, Michael Gallup guy. Big Michael big Gallup. Big Michael Gallup guy. He's going to be Dallas's number three wide receiver. And again, that can be very frustrating when you're sitting there watching CeeDee Lamb eat. You know, last year I had yeah, Lamb yeah. and Gallup, and it was always like, trying to figure out, is this going to be a Lamb week or a Gallup week? Right, like, which one of these right. guys is going to go off? But I still think he's a top 30 wide receiver in terms of fantasy value. And I think that he doesn't necessarily have the same name recognition that, like, CeeDee Lamb did, you know, coming out of OU or Amari Cooper, you know, a Bolitnikoff winner. I think you could probably steal him a little bit later than right. some of these other guys. Yeah. I have him in my sleepers purely just because I think you're going to be able to get him in some leagues, especially if you're in a smaller league, maybe undrafted, which is seems crazy, but Michael Gallup is a huge value play for me. Well, yeah, well, he's one of those super deep wide receivers where it's like, let, let someone else uh, prioritize Julio Jones with the 15th pick after they drafted Tyreek Hill fifth overall. And you're you're he, one injury away from him, him getting 10 to 15 targets a game. Damn straight. Yeah, you're 100% right. Um, and so I like that. And it actually looks like we've got some decent overlap here. Um, you've touched on Swift already, Kale. And Mostert's a guy I talked about while I was talking about Trey Sermon. Um, and, and a guy I certainly was high on coming into last year as well. Tana Trill, baby, or Tana, Tana Thrill. He's great. We're, I love we're, Tana. we're all high on Ryan Tannehill, right? I'm actually kind of surprised he's as highly ranked in ADP as he is. Like, I think people are kind of like we are, where we're at, two and a half seasons, we're at two and a half seasons of him being a top five fantasy quarterback. When do we just stop ignoring that he's an elite fantasy quarterback? Yeah, and he just added Julio, so... I mean the the there's definitely some logical thinking in this. I mean I have him at seven, which just a couple of years ago would have seemed oh, it'd absurd be to say. <laughs> no, it, it, boy, he's such an appealing. Co- he's a uh, Ryan coined it like uh, dunks in threes is all he does. You know, he's got those RPO runs, and then he's taking those deep shots, and you just added Julio, which is going to make him dangerous. And they're just they're designed perfectly to do it. You know, it's not only that that's he wants to play that way. But Tennessee, they didn't try and change the mold. They didn't try and make him be a different quarterback. Yeah. All right, we'll get you those receivers then. Exactly. Um, and our biggest stayaways here. We, uh, we're we being polite. Bad offenses that Kale's already touched on. Oh, Justin's Maja the Harris, only one who actually. Me. It's, you're so right, though. Filled you're out so a full right. 10. So, look, na- I love Najee Harris as a player, prospect, person, everything I hear, see, read on the kid is phenomenal my concern is big ben and the fact that big ben's mobility has been so severely limited the past two years that the steelers are forced to run an offense out of the gun and uh yeah so Najee is just not going to benefit from that i've said my spiel on jonathan taylor tom brady is the representative for the entire bucks passing offense just avoid him um I don't think it's a coincidence. We've now gone through all the major positions and have yet to basically mention anyone from the Super Bowl champs. Is it just too many mouths to feed for you? It's too many mouths, and it's an offense that's probably going to skew a little more conservative anyways. Um, And we saw that last year. And Montgomery I touched on when we talked about Allen Robinson and the Cincy passing attack we touched on a little with Mixon. I like Mixon because I think he's the key to that offense and is the only way. But the passing attack terrifies me. Higgins terrifies me. Joe Burrow terrifies me. It's all a little scary. Jamar Chase was my 50th ranked player on my big board. and It's gutsy. Even then, it was one of those. It was more just like I'm banking on his potential. But I, I agree with you that. I hate everything about that Bengals passing offense. I will avoid Joe Burrow like the plague, not because I don't believe in him, but because he's coming off of that injury, and I don't believe in that offensive line. Probably should have had him on my stay away list, but a couple other people here, you know, Trevor Lawrence. Oh, a good one. I just I, I don't really know what to expect mm-hmm. from this Jacksonville mm-hmm. offense, mm-hmm. and that's really what worries me about it. I don't think he's going to be horrible. I, he might even be worth stashing on your roster, but he makes me nervous. Big Ben can't move anymore, and neither can Cam Newton, so I'm going to avoid both those guys. I'm not a Clyde Edwards-Hilaire guy. I just saw way too much of him running into the backs of his offensive line over the last couple of years, and uh, the same could be said for Melvin Gordon. 
Chase Claypool, I think he comes down to life a little bit. That's not an anti thing. I just I don't like the Pittsburgh passing offense, so I'm avoiding him and Big Ben in tandem. And uh, the last couple of guys here, just Jalen Rieger, Philly is a dumpster fire. Yeah. T.Y. Hilton can't stay healthy. Gronk is old, and I don't like that Tampa Bay passing. I'm amazed offense. that Gronk is still top ten ADP. I I don't know what it's people wrong. are doing. I mean, what people are doing is they're it's, going by name value. Yeah, it's no. name recognition Prediction, alone. Yeah. And then uh, I don't remember having Logan. Maybe I had Logan Thomas on there. I think I had Zach Ertz. The uh, Zach Ertz makes sense. Philly tight end, but again, yeah, it's that, just, that that's my mistake. Instead of Zach Ertz, I put that. Oh, we're all good, no man. Worries. Same division, both tight ends. I see where the the line of thinking is. Uh, Kale, you have any any thoughts on these stay away guys? Anybody you see on here that you like that you know you would not stay away from? I actually agree with everybody you guys put on here because it pretty much follows the same principle of my catch all that I put down. So avoid bad offenses. Hey, you want to be good at fantasy football? Draft good fantasy football players. I mean, it really is. I used to make a top ten of like the offenses I like the most to target. You know, like clearly we're high on Green Bay. Um, you know, and there's a couple other, you know, Tampa Bay, Minnesota has a decent amount of that's another guy. Like you can't wait around for Kirk Cousins at quarterback. He'll be just fine. Especially if he's your second quarterback. Yeah, like you get that right. dude in the eleventh round or something yeah. like he's that. Gonna, well, I mean, in seventeen games, he's gonna throw for four thousand yards. Like, oh he might probably forty eight hundred, right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So there it is. That is our season preview. Tune in next week where we will have you set on more strategies and what have you. And then the season is going to be upon us and we will answer all your questions, eat some crow, celebrate some big dubs and do it all together with you. JM, love doing this. Excited for season two. Kale, real pleasure having you behind the board. Thank you all for tuning in and we'll be back next week.